Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them. And made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant, and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has... More will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Every so often, you'll see online or in a newspaper or a magazine article a list of what American people consider the most prestigious or most respected of jobs, what occupations people consider the most honorable. 
And while the positions of the, the top 10 can alter from survey to survey, usually the jobs and occupations remain the same. Almost every list includes firefighters, police officers, teachers, doctors, and nurses. And there's a good reason that people have to have this exalted appreciation for these jobs. It's because they're more than just jobs. We realize that these are normal men and women, just like you and I, but that we trust them with an even greater responsibility. We trust that they will have a primary focus on the good of all the people that they're called to serve. Think about it. We trust that a firefighter will run into a burning building as people are literally stampeding their way out the door so that they could try to save as many people as possible. We trust a, a police officer is going to confront evil in ways that we might never have to imagine or hopefully never have to imagine, like dealing with a drug pusher or an abusive spouse or a sexual predator, all hoping to keep society safe. We trust teachers with an almost intimate responsibility to help shape the minds of young people. And anyone who's ever been sick and realized how incredibly vulnerable that, that feeling can be knows the level of trust that's given to a doctor and to a nurse. They tell you, take this pill twice a day for a week, and most people do it without even a question. That's why when we hear some scandalous story about people from these professions who've abused their authority, there's a deeper level of sadness and anger towards them. Sure, there are people every day who do sick and evil things. That's sadly a given in this broken world of ours. But there's a, a level of justifiable outrage when we hear that a firefighter has been charged with arson or when a cop is being investigated for harming someone he's arrested or when a teacher has physically or mentally abused a student or when a doctor or a nurse has intentionally killed their patient. The crimes are, are horrendous themselves, but in those situations, we're even more disgusted, even more outraged, because in those instances, people not only did something evil, they violated that trust that's given to them simply because they were in that profession. We can't and don't want to, to accept that someone has violated the public's trust in such a, a dramatic, evil way. Today's gospel is all about trust. This parable has this master giving what's called talents to his servants, which is just a, another word for money. One talent would be considered a pretty substantial sum of money. And the masters trusted these three with what was of great value to him. The first two guys doubled their talents by investing them while the one who was given just one was afraid. His fears, what if I lose this? What if it's stolen? What if I make a mistake? What if I fail? They all paralyze him into doing nothing. And so he buries what's been given to him. But this isn't about talents or money. And it shouldn't be confused with our God-given talents, like being a, a good singer or a good athlete. The talent, the thing of, of great value that Jesus is talking about in the parable is himself. He's explaining to his listeners that God the Father is entrusting his own son to all of us. All of a sudden, 
when we think about that parable again, it takes on a lot deeper meaning. We can begin to understand why the master is so enraged by the one servant who does nothing with this gift because he's violated the master's trust. He's not acted or responded in a way of one who would call himself a Christian should. What good is it for you and I to say that we're Christian, to say that we follow Jesus Christ, that we believe that he is truly the way, the truth, and the life, if no one would ever be able to know that by looking at us or listening to us? Imagine someone coming up to you and saying, really, you're a Christian? You're a Catholic? Oh, I never knew that. As if they were just discovering that you were born in New Jersey or that your ancestors were Italian. As a priest, I'd really be in trouble if someone said that to me. Our identity as Christians is more than just our receiving the sacraments. It's more than fulfilling our obligation to come together as a family every Sunday at Mass. Being baptized, being faithful to those obligations, those are incredibly important, but it's really step one. It's here that God gives us that talent, that treasure that's so important to him, that's priceless. It's here that we're given his son every time we gather together for mass. We receive Jesus in this, his word, and in the body and blood in the Eucharist. So God has entrusted this priceless talent to you and to I. What are we doing with it? That's why this parable is so real, because it calls each and every one of us out and to ask, what sacrifices, what changes, what risks have we taken as a result of being given Jesus? A couple months ago, there was this article that talked about how a Hollywood actress's faith caused her to have a life-altering change. The actress by the name of Dolores Hart, at the peak of her popularity, was being compared to Grace Kelly. She had all these starring roles with all these eight-list actors, including Elvis Presley, being forever linked with him for giving him his first on-screen kiss back in 1957 in a movie called Loving You. About seven years later, she would break off her engagement to get married, quit her acting career as she announced that she was going to become a nun. In the uh, 2013 Oscar-nominated documentary on her story entitled God is Bigger Than Elvis, she shared some of the reactions from her, her friends and family, including a priest named Father Duty, who said to her, you're crazy. This is absolutely insane to do this. And that her aunt, who was already a nun, was livid because she loved having a niece who was famous. Great support, huh? Yet despite the, the struggle and the difficulty for her family, her fiance, obviously, her friends and her fans to understand what it was that she was doing, why she was doing what she was doing, Dolores, or rather Mother Dolores Hart, found the peace in the convent that she didn't find in Hollywood. She found a purpose and meaning in this vocation that dwarfed any leading role that she had played. She found a love in Jesus greater than she had ever experienced in the people or the things of this world. 
or as she put it much more beautifully, if you heard what I hear, you would come too. What is it that Jesus is asking you to do with the love he's given you? We are each blessed that God desires a personal, life-giving, life-changing relationship with us individually and personally to the point that if you were the only person to have ever existed, Jesus would have still suffered and died on the cross for you so that sin would never be able to separate you from him and from the Father's love for you for all eternity. That's how much Jesus loves you. In response, what is he calling you to do with that? What do you think he wants you to do with that love? Maybe it's going to involve some major change in your life or your career. Maybe it's just a reordering of your priorities. Maybe it's a seriousness in confronting some sin that you've accepted as just part of your life, which never should have been. For every person, the invitation to follow him, to listen to him, to love him, is going to be different and unique and personal, just as it was from Mother Dolores. But the point that this gospel reminds us is that we have to respond. Jesus is telling us that the reason this guy with the one talent is condemned so harshly is that he let fear stop him from doing anything. And when someone doesn't respond to the gift of faith, the calls that the Lord puts on their hearts, not only do they miss experiencing fullness of life, but the ripple effects for the world around us are also lost as well. It reminds me of something Pope Benedict XVI once said. He said, man was created for greatness, for God himself. He was created to be filled by God, but his heart is, is too small for the greatness to which it is de destined. It must be stretched. To be stretched, though, is scary. It involves risk. We often want to remain with what's comfortable, what's known. And then it all comes back to that question of trust. To become a firefighter or a police officer or a doctor or a nurse or a teacher, one of the, the fundamental first questions that is asked is, can this person be trusted? God has already proven himself worthy of our trust. Just in the fact that we're sitting here and alive and breathing. He's given us the gift of life. He's given us everything. In calling us to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he's already answered the question that he does trust us with giving us his most precious gift. Will we be proven worthy of that trust?